the last two times we've been here, we broke a watch and we broke a side of the wood here. So we're going to do our best to leave leave everything as we came tonight. Uh, but we, most of all, though, we want everybody to leave different. We all ought to leave different than what we come in as. Get help from the Lord. Get help from God. And uh, that's what God wants to do. He wants to help us all tonight. Lost person, God wants to save you more than you want to be saved. Yes, sir. Amen. And you need to be saved more than you need your next breath. Amen. Amen. Same person, God wants to give you a little help along the way. Yes, sir. Maybe you're struggling tonight. Maybe God would send some encouragement your way. Amen. Maybe you're weak tonight. God send you some strength tonight. Amen. And uh, we just don't. We don't. Uh, be honest with you. We've been nervous as a as a cat in a Chinese restaurant about this meeting for a long time, for a couple weeks now, because I know I know the people that stand behind this pulpit, and I don't take it lightly, uh, the opportunity that's given. And I, I appreciate it, and I appreciate the Lord for opening the door. Turn, if you would, to Ruth chapter number 2, and uh, we'll be for you as long as the Lord would see fit tonight. And uh, we just want to preach what God's laid on our heart tonight. Don't know what the Lord will have us preach to the rest of the week, but I'll be honest with you, if you know me, I'm, I'm 100% all the way, so I may lose the voice tonight, and someone else be different preaching tomorrow night, but that'd be alright anyways. Amen. I remember the first revival, Brother Toby come up and preached for us in Cincinnati. He said, we just want to get in on meeting. Uh, we, it doesn't matter whether we preach or not, we just want to get in on revival, what's going on in Milford, Ohio. And he did, and we did also, so that's what we want to do tonight. Just get in on revival, what God is doing. Ruth chapter number 2, verse number 1. The Bible reads this, And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a mighty man of wealth of the, of the family of Elimelech, and his name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said unto Naomi, Let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose, in whose sight I shall find grace. And she said unto her, Go, my daughter. And she went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers, and her half was to lie on part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. And behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said unto the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless thee. Then said Boaz unto his servant that was set over the reapers, Whose damsel is this? We'll just stop reading for right there. Maybe we'll read a little bit longer. You may be seated tonight. But we want to go back up into verse number 2 where we'll take our thought from tonight tonight, where Ruth said, let me now go to the field and glean ears of corn after him in whose sight I shall find grace. So that would be our thought of the Lord be our help tonight. What a preach about I shall find grace tonight. Hey, we live in a society today that doesn't think they need the grace of God. Doesn't think they need any grace. But my friend, if, my, if we're going to get anything out of life and anything out of God, it'll come through and by of the grace of God tonight. Uh, we've heard of grace being uh, be explained that God's riches at Christ's expense are getting from God what uh, we didn't deserve. Uh, Noah Webster said it's an appropriately the unfair free unmerited love and favor of the springing source of all the benefits of a man receive of him. It's the application of Christ or righteousness to the sinner of the my friend. If there is ever a time we stand in need of grace, it's tonight. If there was ever a time that Ruth stood in the need of grace, it was this time in her life. Uh, my friend, yes, we see uh, Ruth, 
my friend, is a book. That's all full of the grace of God. Yes, sir. In chapter number one, you can find of the passion of the grace. You say, how can you say that? In chapter number one, all there was it was death and destruction. Oh, but why you couldn't? All you can see in chapter number one it was death and destruction. You had no idea what God was doing in the back scenes and down in Bethlehem. Hey, my friend, I'm glad that God has fashioned some grace Amen. for you and I tonight. Amen. Hey, man, why we was lost without God. We had no idea what God was working. Oh, but aren't you glad for the time oh, that God fashioned some grace? You said when I was lost, oh, bad things happened, but you didn't realize the grace of God kept you and brought you to a place of salvation. Hey, man, it ought to make you want to shout right there. There's not a lost person I haven't talked to. And you say, I should have been dead. I should have been killed before I come to know the Lord. Oh, but aren't you glad, Brother Kenny, before you knew the grace of God, God had grace towards you tonight. In the fashion of grace in chapter number 2, we see the furnishing of grace. In chapter number 3, we see the favoring of grace. In chapter number 4, you find the fulfilling of grace. And Naomi is the portrait of the church. In the book of Ruth and Ruth is the portrait of the sinner. How Ruth was reached by grace. How the Boaz is the portrait of the Lord. How Jesus Christ tonight. Amen. How people think that Ruth is the hero of the book of Ruth. Oh, but my friend, if you ever read Ruth and let God begin to minister and open it up to you, you'll find that Ruth is not the hero of the book. Oh, but the hero of the book is mentioned in chapter number 2 and verse number 1. It was Boaz tonight. Boaz is the hero of the book, my friend. Ruth's the center that finds grace. Oh, there's six people mentioned in Ruth chapter number 1. How about you get to the seventh person in Ruth chapter number 2? How the first person mentioned in Ruth chapter number 2 is Boaz tonight. Amen. Amen. Boaz is rich in grace. Ruth is reached by grace. You can find the Boaz in the Gospel of Boaz in all four chapters. In chapter 1, he's not mentioned. Oh, but he's somewhere off in the distance tonight. Oh, but in chapter number 2, you find Boaz walking in the fields tonight. In chapter number 3, you find Boaz begin. And that's a work redemption. And Boaz in chapter 4, you find him went into Ruth. Hey, my friend, I'm glad for the grace of God tonight. Amen. First of all, we find the proclamation in chapter Ruth, chapter number 2. We find that there's a proclamation made. Number one, she said, let me now go to the field and glean the ears of corn after him in whose eyes I shall find grace. Now Ruth knew enough. Naomi left and knew enough and left a little bit of God along that Ruth's life to let her know that there were some laws that come about with reaping. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse number 19, you find that there was a law that when Israel was to go out and they were to plow their fields, how they were to leap aside and leap behind the crop that fallen to the ground. Every crop that had fallen to the ground, they were to leap behind. So the widow and those that were out there could come along the widow and the poor could come along and reap my friend. Aren't you glad for the time the when life left you poor? Oh, but there was some check. There was some corn set out in the field that let you eat and sustain you to where you can find God. Amen. 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 Amen.
mighty good about right now. <laughs> but she was obedient to the command. <laughs> Let me say this, church child of God, if you're going to get help from God, you're going to have to be obedient to the command. God's commandments are not a choice. God's commandments are do it and God will bless you. But if you don't, God will chasten you. We walk around like God's book is an option. God's way of life is an option. It's not an option, friend. We don't really have a choice in this matter. If we want to be happy, if we want to be blessed, there's a road map that we've got to go by. And it goes that way for salvation also. Amen. God's got a perfect plan and a right plan. Let me say this. God don't have a plan B to this thing. He's got a plan A. And else you accept plan A or you won't be saved. Amen. I don't care what the church down the street says. What's the book say about it tonight? Be obedient to the command. But it took Ruth to have some courage. Amen. Yes, sir, brother. Can I remind you, Ruth was a Moabite, and Ruth was down now down in Bethlehem. And we understand that Moabites and God's people were enemies, weren't they? Yes, sir. Yes, they were. They were. God even said He called Moab his wasp pot. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. So they weren't on speaking terms. Yes, sir. How about you and God weren't either when you was lost? That's right. Amen. A lot of people say, well, I prayed when I was lost. I begged a different God here. It's not a prayer of a sinner. You'll pray when you get saved. And you won't pray until you get saved. But after you get saved, you can't help but pray. I sweat off the message, but that's all right. But she had to have some courage to go. There's safe people tonight that never experienced Canaan's land because they don't have the courage to go with God. You've been saved. You've been washed in the blood. But you never experience Cadence Lane because you don't have the courage to go. Amen. Well, so and so will laugh at me. I don't care. Let them laugh at you. Matter of fact, they laughed at you when you was lost. They'll laugh at you now. So either way, they're going to laugh at you. I say just get with God and go with God and experience Cadence Lane. But the only way you'll find is through and by the grace of God. Amen. <laughs> She had to have courage to go. Yes, sir. Lost people tonight, the one thing, most of the time they keep people from lost is they're scared. And their pride. Amen. Pride and fearfulness. Yes, sir. We like to look at the drunkards and all the whoremongers and all the child molesters and say, well, they're going to hell. And if they don't get saved, they are. Yes. But so are the fearful and the unbelieving. And you say, I'm, I'm too scared to get saved. Well, you'll never get saved. God bids you to come to this altar and repent and get born again. You try to do it in your seat, it ain't going to work. No, God gives you the space of a space of repentance in your pew. Hey, bow your heart. Give it to God, and God will save you. Amen. But you're going to have to do it the way God says. Yes, sir. Pastors and preachers, we've seen it. We've talked to them. They say, I come, but I'm too scared. Friend, you're going to have to get over yourself and sell out lock, stock, and barrel and get some courage enough 
to find grace tonight. Amen. She was a Moabite. Yes, Notice though she had character. You'll find character when you look at Ruth. Amen. <laughs> she requested. So that I may now. That's a key word you ought to underline that. What time we start serving God with some haste? Yes, sir. Amen. Not tomorrow. Amen. Not next week. Not after revival, but now. Amen. Now. Amen. But she had character. She requested. Yes. She didn't demand. Well, that will throw our name and the claimant crowd off in the woods somewhere. Amen. Well, we name and claim it, God's got to do it. <laughs> ain't the way God works for him. God ain't your bellboy. Amen. God ain't Santa Claus. Amen. God is God and God is holy and God is righteous and it's going to be by the grace of God. Why well, just tell God to do this and God does it? I beg to differ. That ain't the way God works. <laughs> now you pray and believe and ask God according to His will and God hears your but God ain't taking orders from you. God ain't never took an order from me. And He ain't going to take an order from you. Amen. You're going to have to go God's way. Our welfare society wants to think the same thing, that they're owed something. They're entitled to something. Amen. Hey, let me say this. If we all got what we was owed, we'd be in hell with our neck broke. But aren't you glad you found grace in the eyes of God? Said, so I shall find grace and comfort in knowing that she got to where the place was and she said, I shall find grace. So if you have some courage and you got character tonight, come and get saved or come and get grace tonight. But notice there was a place of grace. It just wasn't in the old field where she found grace, but she found grace when she got to Boaz's field. Number one, she found that there was a field that was planted. Before Ruth knew that she needed a field, Boaz had a field planted. <laughs> Before you and I ever knew we needed a Savior, God had a plan. <laughs> Before Adam ever sinned, God had a plan. <laughs> Before there was ever a sin, Brother David, there was a Savior. Can you say you got Bible for that? I do. In Revelation chapter 13 and verse number 8, He was as a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. You find him in Genesis in chapter 2 when they said, Let us make man after our own image. Amen. Who's the us? It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And before mankind ever knew he needed grace, God had a field planted for it. Amen. God had a field that not only was planted, Brother Jacob, it was plowed. <laughs> It was plowed. When Ruth needed grain, when Ruth needed food, when Ruth needed grace, God had already, Boaz had already begun to tear down the field. Because Ruth was going to need some food. Ruth was going to need some grace. Ruth was going to need some handfuls of purpose in her life. Before we ever knew we needed God, God had a field. And God poured out His wrath on His Son. That you and I can have life and have it more abundantly. <laughs> you say, does God hate sin? Yes, He does. <laughs> he hates it so much, He allowed His Son to go to Calvary and lay His life yes, down sir, for you and I. Amen. Yes, that's how much God hates sin tonight. Amen. But I've got good news. Yet yeah, He hates sin, but there's a God that 
loves the sinner tonight. God is not God is is not upset that He won't save you. God is upset with the sin that's in your life. God is upset with your unholiness and your unfaithfulness. But there is grace for the need tonight. For every need tonight, God has grace for you and I. Amen. His purpose tonight. There's a grace that is purpose to you and I tonight. You say, are you preaching that God has certain grace for certain people? I'm preaching that God has grace for us all tonight. And God has a purposeful grace. Number one, grace is there to draw us. First of all, it's the grace of God that God would even look our way. Brother Christian, when we were lost without God, it took the grace of God to even look our way. Amen. And to deal with our heart, that's the grace of God. Yes, sir. But even after we're saved, God has grace for us. Amen. The Bible said it's the grace of God that hath appeared unto all mankind. Yes. But it said it teacheth us. And the next verse after that, it said it teacheth us and guideth us in the ways of righteousness. Amen. So grace still goes with us, Brother Randy. Hey, thank God for that. Yes. Hey, let me say this. Now, when God saves a man, He changes a man, right? That man's changed. But the longer you live for God, God still changes you, right? There's some things that God is still working on you and I. And what is it, friend, that ups the rough edges off of our life? The grace of God. You know, when you get mad when your pastor preaches and plows your heart up because he gets right in your living room, and you get upset and bent sideways because you think that preacher's meddling? Can I tell you, it's the grace of God is plowing your fields. (laughs) Hey, don't get bitter, don't get mad. Get glad God is looking your way. Why in the world would you get mad for God that wants to do nothing but good? But it's the grace of God that teaches us. Underline that scripture over in Titus. If you don't have a Bible, have a pen. Hey, get one when you get home. Mark it. Titus chapter two, verse number twelve, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly. When tomorrow. When the next year in this present world. That means wherever God's got you, live godly. Live godly. You say, well, I'm not happy where God's got me. I'm upset where God's got me. Well, ain't no reason to get mad and upset. It ain't going to change a thing. You need to be like Jeremiah and just say, I'm going to bloom where God's planted me. You can kick and fight want to get back to where you were, but God's trying to bring you forward tonight. Amen. And until you decide to go forward, God, you'll be mad, you'll be bitter, you'll be upset, and you'll never get right. You'll never experience the righteousness of God in Canaan's land and the fullness of the joy of God until you just accept what God has placed in your life. And then by grace, live the way God would choose you to live tonight. Hey, that means you don't like your job tough. Until God gives you leaving orders, you don't leave it. Amen! Some of you don't like your wife, but guess what? You hang on until God gives you orders to leave. I've got news for you. He ain't going to give orders for you to leave. So you better.
Amen. God will give you grace. Amen. Amen. You ever look at your eyes? You look at your wife through the eyes of the grace of God. Hey, you'll see something you'll be proud of tonight. Amen. Amen. By the way, you like the best looking thing is when she wakes up. My wife makes real clear to remind me every time of that. Amen. Hey, but we need grace. Amen. God's got a plan and God's got a plow. God's got a purpose and God has got plenty of subject. You'll never exhaust the grace of God. I need to hurry up and preach this because i got a whole lot more and I need to hurry up tonight. But God has got plenty of grace. Brother Ryan needs grace tonight. How much grace you need, Ryan? You need all of it, right? You need all the grace that God can give you. Brother Toby needs the grace of God. He needs all that God can give him. Brother John needs the grace of God. Hey, but it's, he needs all that God can give him. But the best part about it all is, because Brother Ryan needs all the grace of God. Brother Toby needs all the grace of God. Brother John needs all the grace of God. God has still got enough grace to meet your needs tonight. You will not exhaust the grace of God. That little woman found out she couldn't exhaust what was in the barrel meal. You won't exhaust the grace of God either. Jesus chapter 2 and verse number 7 said that in the age of the coming, He might show you the exceeding riches of His grace. What was Paul saying? He saved his weight. God's about to show off in your life. <laughs> well, you mean my bank account? I'm not saying that. But he's about to show off his exceeding riches of his grace, Brother Randy, in your life. <laughs> I say it's time for God to show up and show out tonight. <laughs> and God wants to tonight. Yes, sir. Some of you tonight need to get to where God can tonight, but He can. He is able and He is willing. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 7, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of His grace. Riches. Not rich, but riches of His grace. Amen. It's plenteous tonight. So there was a proclamation of Ruth, a proclamation of finding grace. There was a place of grace. But then there was a person of grace. You see, if she had just got to the fields and those fields were just nobodies, she wouldn't have found grace. But those fields belonged to Boaz. <laughs> and she found grace. No grace for both for Ruth, but there was no Boaz. No grace for you and I without Jesus Christ. John chapter number one, verse fourteen says, Amen. That he that grace and truth coming down. From God in Jesus Christ. Let me read that real fast. John chapter 1, verse number 14. I don't want to broach the language tonight. Let me read that real fast. He said, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And we by His grace have received grace. And grace for grace. Have <laughs> you ever understood that? And grace for grace? Because when you couldn't find grace with a search work, God had grace for you to find grace. <laughs> what a God we serve tonight. Amen. But, a person, but number one, this person was all-knowing. Notice what he said in verse number 10. 
Same chapter number 2. Then she fell on her face and she bowed herself to the ground and said unto him, Why have I found grace in thine eyes that thou shouldest take knowledge of me, seeing I am a stranger? And Boaz answered and said unto her, Have fully been shewed me all thou hast done to thy mother-in-law since the death of thy husband, how thou hast left thy father and thy mother in the land of thy nativity and are come unto a people which thou knewest not heretofore. What Boaz was saying is, Ruth was telling him, Hey, how do you know all about me? You see, Ruth didn't know much about Boaz. But Boaz knew all about Ruth. (laughs) You realize when you was lost without God, you didn't know much about God. Amen? But aren't you glad that God knew all about you? And because He knew all about you, that ought to make you want to shout because He knew how vile and how rotten and how sorry we were. But yet He chose to love and save you and I tonight. The grace of God. He was all knowing. He's all knowing in our lives tonight. He knows what we need. Matthew chapter ten, verse number thirty said, But the hairs of the the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Psalms one thirty nine and verse number three, thou compassest my past and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. David said, God, you know all about me. David even said in one verse of Scripture, he says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Who am I, God, that you would take knowledge of me? God, why would you even look my way? But right now, God is seeing us through the eyes of grace tonight. And if you'll come and ask God to give you the grace, God will give you grace and you'll get more grace than you ever needed. Thought you needed tonight. You'll get grace for grace tonight. Notice the authority that Boaz had in the fields. Number one, he was all-knowing. Boaz was all-knowing, but Boaz had authority. I wonder tonight if Boaz has authority in your life tonight. Hey, child of God, does God have authority in your life tonight? I'm pretty safe to say in most of your lives He does because you're here on a Friday night in a revival meeting now, if you were to think of back in the beginning of the year, you said, there's no way I'll be in church on a Friday night the last month, the last day of the month of March in 2017. But you're here tonight. Amen. So I think God may have your ear. But does God have every aspect of your life tonight? Amen. You realize that God had some reapers, some servants, some young men that He had authority over His life, over their life. Boaz had some of those. And Boaz had authority over them. Amen. But I find out that Boaz didn't rule over them with a rod of iron. Boaz ruled over them with love. He said, bless thee in the name of the Lord. He said, the Lord bless thee. You see, when you're walking in the fields with God, and you're saved by the grace of God, and you're walking right with God, it's not an obstacle. It's not a hard way to walk with God. Amen. Amen. It's a joy to serve the Lord. Yes, sir. You know, when I find myself out of the will of God, it's when I find it hard to serve God. Yes, sir, brother. And it's misery. That's right, brother John. It's miserable. The worst place a person can be is to be saved and have the will of God. Because you don't fit in with God and you definitely don't fit in with the world. And you're miserable because you're out. You're stuck out like a sore thumb. You're more, you're more miserable than a lost person. Yes, sir, brother. Amen. Because you don't fit in nowhere. Amen. You can't find peace in heaven amongst 
But if you'll get right with God, God's got grace to make it right to me. Yes, sir. Amen. But I like what he said. He set bounds. He said, don't touch the young woman. It's important to follow the commandments of God in your life. Amen. Yes, sir. Because by following the commandments of God in your life, you're not only protecting yourself from harm, but you're keeping other people from unintended harm also. That's right. Yes, sir. You say, does it matter who I marry? Absolutely it does. It, it does matter. Why? Because if you marry the wrong person, someone else is going to have to marry the wrong person. Amen. Hey, moms and dads, you go to the wrong church, guess what? It affects other ones from going to the wrong church also. Amen. 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 Hey, you say, you say, I'll buck up against God. It won't affect nobody but me. I beg to differ. It affects everybody around you. Amen. And while you live a life of rebelliousness and live a life, a life of, uh, of, uh, of just wildness and, and a wild man away from God, you're not only hurting God, you're affecting us. Amen. Amen. That you be well, just lock, stock, and barrel with God, like was already mentioned, and just go with God tonight. Yeah. Let me close with this. Notice the affection that Boaz had for Ruth in verse number 14. And Boaz said unto her at mealtime, Come thou thither, and eat of the bread, and dip thy morsel in vinegar. And she sat beside the reapers. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> A Gentile sitting next to the Jew. Amen. And he reached her parched corn. And she did eat and was sufficed and left. Yes. Well, if she was sitting beside the reaper, if there was reapers, and here's Ruth in the middle, and there's reapers on both sides, where was Boaz? Boaz was right in front of her, sitting across the table. And the next to Boaz was handfuls of was parched corn. He was giving her handfuls of meal. You know what Ruth was doing? She was eating from the hands of Boaz. Amen. <laughs> Sister Sam, sometimes God... I mean, you're just sitting there at the table of God. And it's just there to God, just reaping you handfuls of purpose. Amen. He's just feeding you hand to mouth. Amen. I mean, there's times where you get out of the field and you go and you find handfuls of purpose. But there's other times that God just hand feeds you. Tim's in special times, Brother Chris, where you just find grace. I mean, she just went for just a little meal. She said, I'm going to go eat with the, I'm going to go eat what's left behind. Yeah. But she got to a spot where she found a seat at the master's table. <laughs> and God began to hand feed her. Oh, if you'll just get where the grace of God's at tonight. If you'll just be like Ruth and say, I'm going to come and find grace tonight. God will lift you and hand feed you handfuls of purpose of grace in your life. Some of you tonight don't know what you need, but you know you need something. Amen. <laughs> I've been there. I'll be there again. I'm there right now, friend. There's times I don't know what I need from God. I don't even know what to ask God, but I say, God, whatever you need, God, that's what I want. Right. Brother Jacob, just started pastoring your first church. You've got no idea what you're going to need this year, but God does. I can't tell you what you're going to need. No pastor can tell you what you're going to need, but God knows exactly what you're going to need. He's got a table for you to sit at where He can just hand feed you that handfuls of purpose. Hand feed. Just get that parched corn, brother, when you're parched and it feels like, God, I need a message for your people! And He'll just feed you. He'll just give you the message that you need. Sometimes it's in the midnight hour. Young people, God in your life wants to feed you grace tonight. You say, do I need grace? You need grace more than you know it. I think kids today need grace more than they ever have. Amen.
Amen. But there's enough grace of God. You've seen the grace of God trip off mommy and daddy's life. But what about your life? You say, can I have that? God wants you to have that. Amen. It, it, it's not that God will or He won't. God wants to. Amen. You want to live a spiritual life? You can tonight. Yes, sir. Yes. But you're going to have to come and get it tonight. Sure, it just ain't. You just ain't going to wake up one morning and all of a sudden be, I mean, just being a spiritual life. Amen. You're going to have to want it. You're going to have to seek it and desire it. But when you want that more than anything else, God's got it for you tonight. Right. Amen. That's the message, Brother Toby. Amen. We don't know. We can't go any further tonight. Good for I shall find grace tonight. Yeah. Ruth said, I shall find grace. Tonight is your attitude. I need the grace of God. Amen. And I want the grace of God. Yes. But are you willing to come and ask God and know and if you'll come under the obedience and the calling of God that you'll find grace tonight? Ruth said, I shall find grace. And she found it. Oh, yeah. If you'll come to God tonight, God's got it for you. Brother Toby, you close out as you see fit this evening. Yeah. Hey, you need to pray tonight, would you come? You don't need to pray, pray for me, because I do. Amen. The Lord help you tonight. Amen. Forever.